Welcome back. It is season five of the Writer's Block, my oracles, my writing family, my ink-powered tribe. And for this inaugural episode of the fifth season of this particular portion of Audrey Lord's internet, I want to give you a tool that may just save your writing sanity. Welcome to the Writer's Block. This space is for aspiring writers, indie and published authors who desire tips, tricks and tools to foster confidence in your ability to write. This space is also for voice actors, editors and literary agents. All those people whom are writing adjacent. Let this space be a haven, a resource, and a reminder you can write all you see and see all you write. Grab your pens. We're about to circle the block. Hey, you guys. I'm Chelsea Lockhart, an author of Black Girl Fantasies and the founder of the Melanin Library, an online database of books written exclusively by Black authors. The Melanin Library was created to make finding books by Black authors a simpler experience and create a space on the internet where Black authors are showcased and celebrated without exception. And I'm here to share one such author and their book with you right now. Required Reading for the Disenfranchised Freshman by Kristen R. Lee. This book is a young adult story about a 17-year-old girl in her first year of college at an Ivy League university, and it not being all it's promised to be. And when a rich, popular white boy gets away with the blackface incident, Savannah begins investigating. She soon finds out that his admission was bought by his parents, and she must decide whether to keep her head down to survive or out his secrets and risk everything. This book released on February 1st, and you can read the full description of the book on melaninlibrary.com. And until next time, may your books be full of melanin. Family, as we go into this next year, this new month, this new season of opportunities of ads and I'm sure that uh it kind of was a little disjarring to hear um the the uh impossibly talented uh Chelsea Lockhart lead off this particular inaugural episode of season five but I could not allow this first episode of the new season to go off without you all understanding just the important work that Chelsea Lockhart is doing at the Melanin Library please please, please go and follow her on social media. Consider giving to the Melanin, the Melanin Library and, and consider following the Melanin Library on social media. She is doing a holy work and I am ever grateful for that. Shouts to Team Chelsea. And as we continue to hype up authors, I just need you all to know that I am completely humbled and thankful for each and every last one of you who come across this space, whom have decided to continue with me on this journey. It has not always been easy. There were times where I thought that what I was doing was inconsequential. And, and just plain old tired. But the one thing that I am increasingly grateful for is tenacity. 
And I, re- I remember um, <laughs> on various stages of my writing journey that these dope quotes that I, that I would come up with, I would write down and uh, put the year and the date on. And one of them is, is actually a favorite of mine. And it, and it is the cost of vision is tenacity, which leads me to this tool that I want to give you all as you continue on your writing journeys, no matter how brief or no matter how long. I call it a catch. Now, on my particular cellular device, <laughs> I actually am a big fan of using uh, the voice the, the uh, voice recording app and also the notes app. Again, I'm not familiar with what is on uh, Androids, but I'm sure they have something similar. But I use it as a as a gallery of my imagination. And again, I call them catches where you get these snippets of imagination, where you get these snippets of of uh, plot or setting, where you even may get um, you know names of characters. But from this particular you know utilization of this tool, a catch is anything that come that comes through your imagination that you hold on to and you put somewhere. I cannot stress to you just how important that is. As you begin to go on your writing journey, there will be things that by which will distract you, uh, dampen your spirits, as it were, and even deter you from writing what you want to write. But when you have a cache of catches, say that four times fast, when you have a cache, C-H-A, I'm sorry, C-A-C-H-E, a cache, a collection of your catches, C-A-T-A, C-A-T-C-H-C. I wasn't good spelling out loud, but on paper, I'm unstoppable. But you have a reference point to go back and research. You have something to hold on to. I mean, I was actually going through my iPhone earlier uh, last month and found and literally found uh, four, four books that I had literally written in the notes app and just had not uh, pulled out to uh, transfer to Word. So the cat, the, this, this idea does work. You have to be obedient to it. And I say that I use the word obedient, uh, very seriously because the, <laughs> the biggest lie that most writers that I know say, and I'm guilty and I'm guilty of this as well. I'll write it down later. Oh, I'll get to it later. And sometimes later never comes. And then you have this dope idea and then you literally have no idea how to get it down and because you didn't write it down now it's lost forever that's totally infuriating but make sure you use your catches make sure you use your catches and I actually uh, got this idea from the marvelous Ava DuVernay and Ava DuVernay uh, for a, a documentary I was watching about her she always she said she always took her phone with her and she would take pictures of things that inspired her or words or people and she would always email them to herself and I thought that was dope. But in looking back on it now, she was just being obedient to her imagination. She was making time to make time. And that is invaluable. So if you can dedicate a email email address for your catches, that's awesome. That's just another layer of, of support. And you all, you all hear me all the time to tell you and remind you to be knowledgeable of where you of where you save things because again every writer has a has a nightmare story about a draft that they lost 
And again, I'm a big, and now uh, they have flash drives that are compatible with iPhones, which I thought is lit. And uh, you're able to actually, and I was playing with mine a, a while ago, where you could actually store pictures from your iPhone and then, and then um, install it into your computer and pull those, pull those same images off. Even uh, Word docs. I'm, I'm kind of skittish on the Word docs right now, but I'm sure you can do that as well because there is a capability to, tra- to, um, to save Word docs and move them over. So remember to use all resources at the ready. So now let's get into the harder they fall. Life got in the way for this particular review. I actually saw the harder they fall with um, my new beau when he was visiting for Thanksgiving, and I loved it. I really loved it from a from an artistic standpoint, from a historical standpoint. I loved it. I really loved it, and I really think that uh, Jonathan Majors is going to be something amazing to watch as he as he gets to delve into all these different roles i think he's gonna be amazing to watch but the one thing that i did most like about the harder they fall is i again i i am a history nerd i think on some end every writer is a history nerd but i think historically speaking i love the fact that they that the people that they used the characters that um were depicted were for the most part real people, you know, uh, Cher- Cherokee Bill, uh, Bass Reeves, um, even you know Nat Love, and I, I really, I can't, I can't speak about Jonathan Majors enough. He was excellent in this movie, and uh, even how, you know, every black woman's favorite Idris Elba was depicted as um, the vi- the villain in this in this particular in this particular. Uh, in this particular story. I loved the fact that everything was just, I love from the dialogue to the lighting, to the makeup, to just how everything fit together. It was completely, completely beautiful. And it was good. It was good to see it. It was good to see it because because so so often there's not there's not a lot of emphasis or a lot of literature around black cowboys, especially during the time, the time of, um, reconstruction. And I remember, uh, my mother and father were watching the Cherokee kid with Sinbad moons ago, had to be at least 20 some odd years ago now. And, uh, which made me remember, you know, odd, odd, odd thing. My dad really liked westerns and you know and histories and docudramas and things like that, but the fact that there was this black led cast and that I do know about the uh state the stagecoach or well the uh train car not straight not stagecoach uh being named after chat after chadwick Boseman. that was uh that was a beautiful nod to him and the one thing that I really enjoyed is just how unrepentantly black the movie was just how unrepentantly black and just how Idris Elba embodied everything about 
Rufus Buck. I mean, just everything, everything was good. Now, to me, I wanted more movie. I, I really wanted more movie. And spoiler alert, you know, Treacherous Trudy played by, um, by Regina King. Um, that, that fight she has with Stagecoach Mary, we, we not going to get into the, we not going to get into the casting of uh, Stagecoach Mary because that at this point it's a moot point and it kind of goes into colorism and other things. I will say this and I will, I will go on record with both feet on the ground about it, 10 toes down that I think Danielle Brooks would have eaten up everything about that role. Every single morsel of it, Danielle would have embodied. It would have been beautiful. And as I reflect on on this movie now, it was needed, y'all. It was needed. Like, um, James Baldwin said in one of his his more famous talks about (laughs) American history and how... Um, us as black people think you know the world we don't really see the world until we're about six or seven since we haven't been shown a mirror you know we think we think that we too are of are not necessarily black but then when we get introduced to this concept concept of being black the world never lets us forget that and he goes while you were cheering for for gary cooper you know killing the native american peoples um not knowing at that time that the Native Americans were you. And so we get into these con- these concepts and um, depictions of, especially of black folk in, of black folk in media and how that needs to change and the representation of us and how there needs to be more black, more black writers, more black, more black directors, more black platforms. There, just be, there needs to just be more black. There needs to just be more black. And the one thing that I do and did enjoy about the movie is you could just tell this was for us you could just tell this was for us it was for us before black history month it was it was for us and there are countless there are there are countless cowboys whom were whom were black and people forget that the the enslaved peoples were out here tending sheep and cattle and whatever else. So yes, they they knew how to do animal husbandry. So don't take don't look down upon the ancestors who had who had to necessarily do that and then made a living doing that same thing. And also, and also who made a living farming and and, tent, and tending animals. And I was talking to some friends of mine in a Zoom meet, in a Zoom uh, call about the horror they fall, and I said that there were again there's so much there's so much to unpack. So I'm gonna try my best to hit like the top three things that I really want to hit on. One is Black history is complicated, and the more again to quote the amazing Winton Marsalis. The more we run from race in this country, the more we run toward it. You know, the more archaeologists dig, the darker it gets. There's, there is no, there's no America without black people. There's no America without indigenous people. There's, there is no culture without black people. I said what I said. The second thing is just the intricacies of, of the movie from um, Regina King's character doing the, um, 
hand point that was synonymous with with Malcolm X, with Malcolm X, well, I'm sorry, with Spike Lee's Malcolm X years, years before with, uh, you know, the head bunting, uh, that, that, that was so widely talked about. And I had to think about my own family that we, that we do that. We touch foreheads and it's a, and it's a sign of endearment that I'm here for you. I got you. And to learn that, that, and to learn that process is called bunting. And I'm like, I, we've been doing that in my family for years. And my aunt, she would do it and just say head <laughs> and it would and it would be and again a term a term of endearment and the other thing that i must touch on is the agency of black women in this movie you have uh treacherous trudy ghastly gertrude even doing all these things for Ruf, for rufus buck and there's really no defined relationship between the two of them like it, like is she a best friend is she a partner is she bae what is this? I mean, she's willing to follow him anywhere and do anything for him. And then you have stagecoach Mary, who clearly was in love with, with uh, Nat Love at one time, but because he was out doing what he wanted to do. And before they ride into to town to deal with Rufus, um, he tries to marry her. And she... she rejects the proposal now me being the you know the romantic i'm like oh wow girl he he came back for you let's go ahead and do it and she says and, and she says in herself that well not in herself but aloud that she hated how the the um the hold he had on her now speaking as one who's been that crazy about a man i understand it just what it means to have that hold on for someone to have a hold on you and also to choose yourself knowing that this person who whom you might leave the world in love with will never be right and how sometimes especially in media but again this is me pulling the thread of that we don't give enough black women in um, in media agency we like putting black women in tropes because that's safer you know it's easier to make a black woman a caricature it's hard to make her a character i'm gonna say it again it is easier to make a black woman a caricature than to make her a character. And I'm glad they made these black women, including uh, Kathy, <laughs> who um, turns out turns out to be Kathy Williams, who was the first who was the first black woman to be a buffalo to be a buffalo soldier, and, I, and also known as Cuffy in the movie, who knocks who not do smooth out. <laughs> Who knock do smooth out, but the one thing that I have to say is, I want more black westerns. I'm gonna say that I I want more black westerns, and I also want us as a people to take the limitations off one another as as to what we create and where we create it. I'm gonna say it again. Shonda Shonda Rhimes can't make all the TV shows. Jordan Peele can't and Jordan Peele can't make all the movies. And this being the second day of Black History Month, let us get to work. Let us get to work. Instead of counting yourself out, keep writing yourself in. In ink, not pencil, because you ain't going nowhere. The time has come to leave you to your thoughts and words. The hope is that what was shared in this space was encouraging, 
empowering, and a catalyst to write. Special thanks to Valor Music LLC for all audio production and mixing. All business inquiries and advertising inquiries can be sent to circlethewritersblock at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined to support the work of this podcast to continue to fight erasure of black and minority writers, consider supporting through Cash App at dollar sign J-B-H-W-R-I-T-E-S, that's J-B-H Writes, or PayPal at S-G-L-L-C dot one zero three eight at yahoo.com. We will see you next time when we circle the blog.